Hi, everybody. My name is Mike Manning. And I'm Trinity French. And we are your business coaches at Wired to Change. With the number two. We are here to help you grow your business to the level you want it to be so you can enjoy the life of a small business owner. And don't I look tan today. You look awesome. <laughs> Thank you. I know you worked your butt off to get to the point to take nine days off nine to go. Nine days vacation. And I let the audience know that you were rednecking with friends in, in Michigan. And yes. they're like, you know what? Who wouldn't be? Ultimate rednecking. Yeah. The craziest thing that happened on my vacation, because there are a couple of crazy things because of, of my redneck friends yeah, and family, you, yes. um, but the craziest thing that made me think I love the life of being a small business owner is that I did not open my laptop one time in nine days. That's a change for you. It was huge. I decided to be present for my family because it, every time I see my nieces and nephews, because six months, 12 months will go by and they're, you know, at all these different life stages. And I feel like I'm missing out on so much of their lives. So my entire goal was to do some things mm -hmm. that felt fun to me. So I read an entire book that wasn't about coaching or business. <laughs> <laughs> I read a book for fun Good. and didn't open my laptop. I mean, I did check my email on my phone, well, but, you have to, yeah. but I didn't yeah. open my laptop and I felt like that was a huge win for me. And I like that you shouted out your team the other day for the work they my, did. So that's yes. the way you do it. Um, yep. I gifted Jamie a nice gift card to Good. her favorite. She loves taking hot yoga. So I um, sent her a gift card via email to um, Lululemon and she was ecstatically cool. happy. So got it. Good you deal. have to take good care of your team. Plain and simple. If yeah. you treat your employees right, your customers will do just fine. Absolutely. Yeah. It took months of podcasting, but I finally got another leader in the room f with you for you. Another leader? It took us forever because <laughs> there was always one leader in the room. Now oh. there's two. I will let I you like introduce it. our guest. Okay. Yes. <laughs> finally, another leader. Finally, yes. another leader. Yes. <laughs> and the very, 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 very special guest, Sherry McManus with the Lou Everett Group. Sherry, we are super excited that you're here. Go ahead and tell everyone, hello. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> Gosh, I adore you already. Um, so one of the things that sets Sherry apart um, from a lot of other coaches is that they have a system and a process that they follow. Um, and you know, <laughs> the, I told Sherry when we were talking the other day, you two are going to hit it off because yes. you are so system nerdy and she's yes. a disc person. Yes. I may as well leave. Uh -oh. I know. So I'm just, I'm just looking over your resume over yeah. here and the little yeah. notes that Mike provided yeah. for me. And I'm just drooling. Oh, I have God. questions written down and I am so excited to get to know you better today. And I know that our listeners are in yes. for a treat because, um, I've read some of John Maxwell's stuff. I've just kind of the little tip of the iceberg, know a little bit about um, his philosophy, but I cannot wait to dig into this with you and learn more about why you chose um, to go down that path and what it looked like. It's so. a wonderful story, which we'll get to, but Drago, I think here in a minute, you can probably turn my microphone off. It'll be useless. So. <laughs> like, see ya, call the day, I'm done. <laughs> and you know, I was so excited to come in and see Drago today because um, throughout the quarantine, there's only a couple of people that I've seen, right? You know, I've seen you, yes. my work husband. Mm -hmm. um, I've seen our podcast guests. You know, we've been doing really good at limiting mm -hmm. our exposure. And I've seen Drago, and it was like coming home to family mm -hmm. um, here at Purple Comma. So, yeah. He's kudos like your, to Drago. Uh, 
Is he your younger brother? Can I ask that way? Uh, it's close. Close. Twins close. separated at birth. Let's maybe, go with that. Maybe. Let's go with that, yeah. I probably am a few years older than him. It's close. It's close. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We'll I don't know. That, so. We'll find out. I always like. A re- real lady never shares her age. No, and I wasn't about to ask. So, <laughs> A, it doesn't matter. And B, I'm right either way. No matter what I say, I could play it up. So, I always like to meet husband wife couples, husband wife business owners, excuse me. Two questions, two questions only. <laughs> what do you talk about at the end of the day and who breaks the tie? It's a good question. It's all I want to know. Yeah, Everything else yeah. could care less <laughs> <Yeah>. about. <laughs> we do talk about business. Yeah. So there's times for uh, my, Lou is my husband. We are the Lou Everett group. And uh, yeah, he he's the one. It's like, okay, we have to stop. <laughs> oh, yeah. it's him. Yep. He, he's he, the uh, one putting on the brakes. He does. Okay. Yeah. All right. He will. Because I, I will keep going. I'm just such a workaholic that I'm like, go, go, go. Are and you one like, of those? <laughs> let me just check one more. I know it's 745. <laughs> yeah. Let me check one more email. Okay. Yep. He'll come downstairs and I'm still working. And he's like, what are you doing? And it's probably eight or nine o'clock at night. <laughs> and he's like, you know, you started at nine. I'm like, uh-huh. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. He, but that's how you know that you love what you do yeah. when you decide to do it, even when you don't have to. Right. And I think that that is a hallmark of a great business owner. You do have to know how to shut it off at times, but it's okay to, to love what you do and be a workaholic. Yeah. (laughs) Um, so my biggest question for you is why John Maxwell? Yes. Yes. Well, see, for John Maxwell, I don't. There's a lot of folks that don't know John Maxwell, which shocks me sometimes. We talked about this yesterday. I was surprised. A little little history and why (laughs) you. Yes. Yeah. Let me let me tell you. Well, for John Maxwell, for those folks that don't know John Maxwell, he is the number one guru in leadership. He's known for his leadership. He's known for his books, and he's got tons and tons of books. Actually, I think 31 million copies of books in 50 languages. Wow. Yeah. It's amazing. Stop. <laughs> what? So we got a story. Mike's trying to Mike's trying to take pictures. I'm over here peacocking. Trying to do better than I did a month ago, but we'll get to that story. Go ahead, Sherry. I really hate ruining your serious moment. <laughs> it's all right. And John Maxwell actually he he uh, started out as a pastor, uh, from, and now he still does past pastoring. I guess you can say, but he is a pastor. Um, but he started the John Maxwell team. Um, let me think from 2011 is when the actual international John Maxwell team actually started. Okay. Um, my husband and I, we're a part of that for about almost two years now and twice a year they have a huge conference and international Ooh. conference. And then I'll sh- long story short, last August we went and there was 3,200 trainers, coaches, and speakers Where? all throughout the world. Where was it the was meeting? Amazing. It was in Florida. Where was the meeting before that? Florida. They're always in Florida. There's oh, one in March and there's bummer. one. Yeah, and one in yeah, one in August and there's one. Like maybe in Milan or no. something like that. You know, <laughs> Sydney, Australia, right? Florida's not bad. Yeah, yeah but yeah, she, she could go to Florida on her own. <laughs> yeah. But it was yeah, it's an amazing experience and that's where everybody gets like certified. But you go through their training and mm-hmm. it's an investment. But the special thing about John Maxwell is that, yes, he's the leadership guru, and you can pick up any book of his and really dive in um, from personal development to leadership perspective. And the thing is, I'm, I'm very proud to say he's one of our mentors and, and coach because he is down to earth, and he lives it. And that's the beauty about that. Um, there's other wonderful wonderful other speakers out there you know you got tony robbins and um and some other t- terrific ones 
But there's something with John Maxwell, he really lives and breathes it. And there's something with the John Maxwell team is that there's a DNA. And it really is about people first. And that's that's the beauty about it. Had you looked at other programs before you decided to go that way? Uh, my husband did. My husband did a little bit. He's always known about uh, John Maxwell. But what really stemmed me, which gets into my story mm. uh, about my why, is that I was always into leadership. So I like Brian Tracy and, and Zig Ziglar. And, and I you love see the drool coming down. I can't wait to find out all the books that you've read. Another, <laughs> another sister for me. <laughs> well, I tell you what. Yeah. Every time I meet someone that also has a passion for learning, mm. I always walk away with something new Great. that I didn't already know. Mm. And it's just... It's super exciting. I'm like sitting here like, what am I going to learn today? (laughs) (laughs) That's why I got a couple nuggets for everyone today. That's good. (laughs) But no, so so that's a little bit of backstory about John Maxwell and a little bit about about him. And he's still kicking and and is wonderful. So what stemmed from me having this inspiration is I've always been a leader ever since I was really young. Uh, my mom told me when I was probably six or seven years old, we have our neighborhood friends, and here I was, the littlest one, like, leading the pack, <laughs> you know? Would, yeah. so. Would you call that bossy, maybe? <laughs> I probably hey, was. You know I, what? I'll be honest, but. All of us girls, <laughs> women that were called bossy, you know what? I tell everyone to shut the F up yep. because I get paid a lot of money to be bossy no, now. you badass bitches <laughs> now. Yes. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> I, think, I think now... They don't really tell children that they're bossy anymore. It has a negative connotation. Um, But my niece, Aria, has so much in common with me that it's almost scary. And she walks around. She walked around the entire week of my wedding. And she was like, guess what? I'm the leader. I'm the leader. I'm the leader. (laughs) So I think that it's inherent that we embrace that part of ourselves because leadership um, I think it does come out a little bossy when you're younger because you're figuring out how to harness it. Right. And that's why I think John Maxwell does a great job of helping leaders and people in positions of authority to really work within their teams in a way that they're not perceived as bossy. Right. Right. And it's not positional. And that's, that's the beauty about leadership. Mm-hmm. And, and leadership is not positional. It is influence. Nothing more, nothing less. Yep. And, and that goes to, to my story a little bit, is that in August of 2018... Before you get to that, okay, okay which is a great story, let's go <laughs> yeah. back to growing up. Yeah, Did yeah, you yeah. just <laughs> always have the best idea? And you thought, you know what, we'll have more well, fun doing this? Yeah, I'm, that's... Knowing that's you for the, a little bit, I'm sure it came from a place of good. Yeah. You thought, well, this will be more fun. <laughs> it did, and also on the disc scale, I'm a DI, so uh, there's that competitiveness, mm-hmm. and listen to me, <laughs> and my way is best, um, as you're young. <laughs> Yes, so, there's that relationship, but, but but yeah, I always was that leader. I always was that influence with others. Wow. All right, so tell your. Yeah. I love this story on how she got to where she <laughs> so, is. Yeah, so my my next question for you yes. bef- before we tangent off anymore, <laughs> because we do seem to have a lot of similarities in how we were as children, mm-hmm. and I know for me there was a pivotal moment when I realized that there was power in not being the boss or being bossy, but in harnessing my leadership abilities. Do you think that you had a pivotal moment and what was it? Yeah, 
That's a good question. Um, it took me a while. Early on in my career, it took me a while. I was bossy. <laughs> um, I didn't mean to. It didn't. It just came off that way. And mm-hmm. I'm a Taurus, so I just chalked it up to like, well, I'm a Taurus, and that's how I am. <laughs> um, but what later in my career, and also with the story I'm going to share with you, I think I it was later in life. But once you hear my story, that was the pivotal moment. I really do to realize going, oh, because we fell into the trap which is really no fault of anyone's, but now I'm kind of glad that things have happened the way they have in society, is that, you know, there's such a a new playing field. Whereas before, we were living off this crazy playbook from 1950-something of in business, of we need to have the fancy cars, we need to have the big house and the boat and whatever else, all those possessions to feel like that we made it. Mm-hmm. And we have to have this fancy title to realize that we made it. And I really fell into that trap because you see people ahead of you and you're like, wow, look at those guys. They can do anything. They can go golf at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. You know, <laughs> must be nice. And here I am working. <laughs> um, and then until I realized, like, it's not about that. And you can, but it's people first. And that's where the satisfaction is. And I and I grew up in a, in a um, religious home uh growing up Catholic. So we were thinking about another that. thing we have in common. We <laughs> except I'm a recovering Catholic. Recovering Catholic, okay. Yes. <laughs> um and so I, I, I did was faith based. Uh, so thankfully I had that foundation. Um and it yeah, it just really helped me have that foundation. And it's funny because when I had my you know, when I was younger I had this story that I it I fed the neighborhood. There's something about food. Mm-hmm. I'm always, that's why I love food pantries. I'm always a big giver on that. And here my poor mom went shopping for all of us, spent up dollars on food. And here I was bringing out in the garage. I'm like, everybody come <laughs> over <laughs> having crackers and cheese and peanut butter sandwiches, you know, and, and it kind of ties into not to get religious, but to Jesus feeding, mm-hmm. feeding people. Really? And it just seems to tie into that. And, it, and yeah. I didn't realize the connection to like, you know, years later. Right. And I was like, wow. So it's just one of those, um, it's one of those things that just, you know, God has definitely gave me a second chance to use my smarts for not evil, but use it for even better than I ever thought imaginable. So <coughs> the, the moment, what was mm-hmm. it? Yeah. So now can I tell my story? Yes. Okay. <laughs> if it has to be about you, Sherry, go ahead. Right? So in August of 2018, I found myself in the hospital in the ICU and the burn center over here in UNC. And we weren't sure if I was going to live or die at that time. Started out as a simple cold. Didn't know what it was. Thought it was pneumonia. Oh, no, thought it was a uh, flu. That was certainly not it. Uh, Then it turned into pneumonia. So it was a crazy virus. And But what happened was that it was so bad that it got, I, um, I was burning from the inside out. What was happening was that I had got a rare disease called MERM, which is a Stephen, which is a derivative of Stephen Johnson syndrome. And trust me, we didn't know what the heck that was either. We're like, crash yeah. course, what is this? And come to find out anybody can get it. Stephen Johnson's, just the backstory is that anybody can get it. You can take an over-the-counter drug, and then your body will revolt. It will just go against you. With my situation... Mine was actually from a virus that, I mean, it was just pneumonia of wearing my body down so, so, so low that all my good mucous membranes were revolting. 
It was going against me. So I was, I was literally burning from the inside out. And my eyes were completely bloodshot. I mean, I looked like the walking dead. Um, my blisters were all over my face. Eyes were, were completely red. I couldn't quite swallow anything anymore because come to find I had blisters in my throat. Mm-hmm. And my husband looked and he's like, okay, this is not just pneumonia or this is not just a cold. Like, this is this is too much. So finally it took me to the ER and they were, thank- thankfully, the good doctors there di- diagnosed what they did. And so the reason I tell that story is because prior to this I was in a work environment that was very high sales, that was very pressure-oriented, and sales I've always been into, so that's nothing. But the fact that it was at leadership at that time was so focused on the bottom line instead of valuing their employees. They forgot about that. It never started that way. They did value, but then it started to erode because money was the Took bottom. over. Yeah, took over. Right. And people in my department were getting sick all the time, like constantly. Mm-hmm. Couldn't figure out why. It was, it was a crash and burn type of situation to the point where it was like unexpected expectations of 70 plus hours a week and even down to verbal abuse, which nobody needs to take, you know, to tolerate that. I mean, am I a hard worker? Of course. You know, it was I'll take responsibility of working as hard as I did because I'm such an A player. <laughs> um, but nobody needs to tolerate the, un, the expectations of that and also verbal abuse of not being good enough, even though you're the rock star. Mm-hmm. Just not appropriate. So, and I knew right then and there that I didn't want to do that to my team. I'm like, there's no way. And I was a manager. I'm like, I'm not doing that to my team. I'm not going to be the jerk manager to to do that. And I stood up, and my team appreciated it. Um, so after being at the hospital in 10 days, it could have been a lot longer. It could have been 30 days. It could have been um, blind, and I could have been dead. And that's the extreme cases. So I, ha- I got survived with very minimal damage. I do have some damage in, uh, from it, but the alternative, mm. you know. Right. So, <laughs> so I had a newfound purpose once I got out of the hospital in 10 days, and I found out that, you know, I really dove into personal development a little bit deeper at that point. So I guess you can say that would be my huge eye-opener. So I, I, I knew about it. I always needed to do it to dive a little bit deeper, and then that made me to really deep in that experience. So I knew that leadership at that time is not positional. It shouldn't be positional. Mm -hmm. And I fell into that trap, just like thousands of others have. We've all, you know, we've all had that. And it's influence, nothing more, nothing less. So, yeah, so that's, that's really stunned. Well, I'm glad that you're still here. Yeah, thanks. (laughs) And that's crazy. I've never heard of that disease, but wow, Mm -hmm. that is definitely something that, um, is the miracle that you are still here and still kicking and thank you for sharing that story. You're welcome. How often did, because you and Lou do a number of uh, presentations, Mm -hmm. uh, you're live a lot of places in person, you guys go all over. How Mm -hmm. often do you tell that story? Not enough, actually. I'll be honest. You should. I I don't, I don't share that often enough, but I'm, it's every time the summertime usually makes me want to say it because it's what happened and it'll be up to two years in August. So it's just that time because I know my story will impact another person and they can relate. They're like, oh my gosh, I do have a jerk as a boss or I do have an environment that's a crash and burn. And it's getting more and more evident with businesses out there that people are leaving, not jobs, because they're leaving their bosses. Mm. Mm -hmm. Does that... 
so we're coming up on two years. Does that feel like two months ago or like 10 years ago? It No, it still feels like two years ago, you know, okay. or a year. Right. You know, it's still fresh. Um, I just went to my ophthalmologist um, not too long ago and my eye doctor, and I had to explain the situation because, you know, you get new crops of people yeah. that come in. I'm like, oh, wow, like you weren't here a year ago. <laughs> and, and I – and I had to explain, and I got a little choked up, and I told my husband that. And I was like, I don't know why, but I guess because it was – because it's a traumatic experience. And it's so fresh. Yeah. You haven't it, – so. it's like <laughs> losing a loved one or – like like <laughs> you still have that um, time that you need to, to – you know, like your body may have healed, but you need to heal emotionally and mentally mm-hmm. from that. A little bit. I mean, I, I feel I have. But there's, I think the passion behind it just stems because I don't want to be numb to it. I want to mm-hmm. use that energy, mm-hmm. use that. And if I, if I get upset about it, then that's okay. And allow myself to, to share it even more. And I think that just gets me to drive to, to share more of that story. I think some people don't know there's not necessarily because you weren't really walking towards something. Mm-hmm. But you knew you knew you had to walk away from something, right? And I think a lot of people at different stages of their life are afraid of that, and rightly so, because there's nothing to walk to. Mm-hmm. What do you say to them, even when there's nothing to walk to, but they're in that moment? You just got to trust, you know. You got you trust in faith. Mm-hmm. You just have to. Um, there's you know a question that come up to me, and previous questions have been like, you know, what do you tell people if they're in that situation? Um, I'm like, get out, mm-hmm. get out. I'm telling you, I'm like, your health is, is more prior, you know, make your health a priority to get out of that. And I went back. See, that's the funny thing. I just wasn't like, oh, out of the hospital. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to resign. No, I went back to the fire <laughs> um, because I worked hard. And I felt was like, well, I'm not going to let this stop me. And I was like, I'll take it easy. I have a team. I'm going to treat them the way that I feel that this is going to be, not a crash and burn situation. And management was like, okay, we'll, we'll hear you out. Let you do what you want to do. I'm like, great. You know how long they let me do that? Hang on a sec. <laughs> Two and a half weeks. Not even. Oh, no. Less than a week. <laughs> oh. Sure. You can do, you can mold your team how you want. Okay, great. Less than a week. Oof. And I saw small increments. I did see progress. And I always reported to to my, my manager. And I was like, look. And she was okay with it. She's like, that's great. But the leadership above her mm. was... You know, it's that pressure. It's that pressure. It's like, do what you got to do. So it was back to, you know, the whipping, <laughs> you know, and crash and burn again. I'm like, no, I'm not doing it. <laughs> so needless to say, you know, a few months after that, and, and I protected my team as much as I could. And I was transparent with them, which, again, didn't fall too kindly with, with management. But I was just like, I'm not going to lie to them. I'm like, you know, and, and it's just being transparent and being real. And they appreciated it. And then when I left... I was just like, okay, I had enough because I, I don't want to get myself sick again. Um, and uh, they saw that and they're like, I'm, you know, this sucks. You know, I'm, I'm sad that you left. And I was like, yeah, because they, I protected them to a degree as right. much as I could. And we know? talked on a pre- couple of previous podcasts about management styles. Yeah. And a lot of people feel like, well, my boss right now is an asshole, so I mm-hmm. guess – yeah. That's how you manage. That's what, yeah, that's how you manage. Yeah. And uh, thankfully, I've had some really good bosses, so I haven't had to yeah. deal with that. There's always everybody's got one. Right. Yeah. But yeah. It, my dick boss that I I left that job. <laughs> so good. God, I had no plan. Just crying in a roast beef sandwich, nah. and all I knew is that this is 
just poisonous, and I needed to get out. Who was here when you're telling that story? What, what, I can't what remember. Maybe it was Because I think we were in here when you were telling that story, I think. No, or was it Scott and Dirk? Anyways, I can't remember. <laughs> but we had to decide which was worse, crying or in a roast beef restaurant. Oh. <laughs> yeah, like, well, yeah, because at the yeah. time I was a vegetarian. I broke down. I ordered a roast beef sandwich and yeah. I just sat at Arby's and cried. Oh, no. That was it. Yes. <laughs> a vegetarian at Arby's. Wow. And they scolded her for going to Arby's. <laughs> so I think it was Scott and Dirk. <laughs> oh, yeah. They were like, why Arby's? I'm like, that was the only place yeah. that was around. Too funny. <laughs> it's not the point of my story. Exactly. Yeah. The point of my story is that that guy was a complete jerk. Yeah. Exactly. He was such a jerk and and i had no backup plan i had no and sometimes i tell people that you just have to leap and have faith that it's going to work out Mm -hmm. and i just hit the ground running and wound up finding the you know becoming a coach and coaching all of these real estate agents and finally found like, oh my gosh, this dream job that I didn't know existed, I was able to create. And that's what led me to becoming a real estate agent. And that's what led me to having my real estate team. And that's what then led me to coming back. You know, it all came back around to coaching again. (laughs) And that's where I love to sit. So if I hadn't taken that leap of faith and left that terrible, terrible boss, And I hope that I left him with something to think about because I told him why I left. Mm -hmm. Me too. Good, and you should. Yeah, Yeah. I did. Oh, I got HR involved. Trust me. You should. Oh, yeah. I had to be because it was a he said, she said. Yeah, you lost that. No, 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 no. And then it was like a gang up. And I'm like, no, 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 no. I'm like, we're doing this. I'll tell you the real reason I'm leaving. And HR is involved. Mm. And it was literally a probably a two or three hour conversation. And that changed the <laughs> dynamics of that conversation with HR in the room, didn't it? It did. Yeah. And I and I warned HR what was gonna happen because of uh, it. Yeah. Because of the certain answers that were gonna come out. I go, this I, I go I'm calling it now. This is what's gonna happen. This is what the person's gonna say. And exactly and mm. I'm like and I hear why I'm like, Yes, because I knew it. I just knew. And the person looked at me and I'm like, I don't can, you know? can change your spots, you know? yeah. And I was just like, and she, and so she picked up on it, and she was like, okay. I was like, I was telling the truth. And I was like, yeah. So I told my reasons, and I was like, and I, and it was funny because I think I saw one too many episodes of Shark Tank. So I said, and for these reasons, I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> I felt so powerful at that time, and I'm like, Man, Well, you had leverage at that point I for did. the first time, I right, did. in I that company. I had leverage, yeah. and I was like, and for these reasons, I literally had two pages of concrete, mm. like, I, I kept my emotions. I don't know how I did it. It was the grace of God, I'll be honest. It was just, I was very factual. I didn't yes. have any emotions. I was just very, like, I'm just, what, duh, duh, duh. you know, I'm like, I, I kept all the emotions to the side. I don't know how I did it. I just did it, and it just overcame me. Felt powerful and empowered, really, to say, these are the facts. This is what I went through. This is not acceptable, and this has got to change. And there was a changement um, for a little while um, because of that. So I made a small dent for a short amount of time. So at least my efforts were not in vain. But you don't know the ripple effect of the people on your team that sat quietly and just observed and thought, I'm going to put that in my back Mm -hmm. pocket for when I need to do that. So Mm -hmm. you just never know. Look For the both of you, looking back, you knew that was a bad place to be, right? Right. Bad place, bad person. Not at yeah. first, though. 
But at some point in time, though. Not at first. Not at first. Oh, no, agreed on. Yeah, it's because that's how you wrote it. And it was the norm. Yeah. That's the crappy thing. You get so used to being told that you're this and being told and being slammed, being hit. See, and I didn't even let it get to that. I was with (laughs) that company for a little over two weeks. Mm. Um, No, it was longer than that. It was probably right around going into my fourth or fifth week because um, the first couple of weeks were just training you know course, and yeah. they're they're pumping you full of <laughs> all like, the, the best thing. sparkles Yay. and glory yeah, and yeah. oh this place is amazing Disney, yeah. Disney World yeah. yeah and I should have known and one of the things that I learned from that that I applied to being a recruiter was to make sure that new recruits coming in talked to other team members and had a really like straightforward conversation with them. Mm -hmm. Because if I had spoken with the other team members before accepting that position, Mm. I would have could, because as soon as I met them, I saw how downtrodden they were, that they were just beaten up. And I was like, I do not want to be like them. I do not want to be here Mm. for four years doing the same thing and dealing with the same shit. And (laughs) yeah, I just couldn't even imagine. So yeah. I had to bail. Nice. Well, you and found bail out early. fast. <laughs> you, you found out early. That's really good. It yeah. took me a year and a half, almost two years, um, to to get to that point. And yeah, it's, it's well. Amazing. At the time, yeah. I had a very supportive boyfriend who also didn't have a job. So when I quit my job, I think it made him feel a little bit better about uh. himself. Was this one of your famed exes? That this was my famed ex, the only one I ever had that I regret because he was yeah. a complete jerk i was gonna call him something much worse than that but so trinity has a knack for retaining relationships as she says all the time she collects people in a good way and i believe that having been around her now i believe that Mm. she has sold houses to a couple of her exes Uh she wants to start her own reality tv show X Island. Yeah. So all her exes, and she pairs them up with these hot women or guys nice. or whoever they want to be paired up with. Yeah. But that's how she stays in touch with people. That's her relationship. Wow. Uh, that's her Thor's hammer of relationship is that's what I do. So, yeah, yeah. it's amazing. Hey, when you find good people, you yeah. don't let them go yeah. just because they're not your person. Right. Does not so. mean that they don't deserve a place in your life anymore. And one was at your wedding. Yeah, I yeah. actually, I think there were a couple at the wedding. Okay. Well, yeah. There's so many redneck stories from Michigan. <laughs> oh, sure. yeah. time, so. I want to get into a couple things here. Uh, Changing subjects sure. for a minute. East Stroudsburg and Dutchess Community College. Yeah. I love that you're on the tennis team. We'll talk more about yeah. that. Maybe probably <laughs> off the air because I grew up playing tennis as well. Nice. And I love that sport. Yeah. But I want pictures. You were on the dance team. I was, yeah. I was a semi-professional. Are there um, pictures? Video? Oh, yeah. I'm sure okay. there is. <laughs> Are those shared for the public? Or is that just for you and Lou? No, no. Not yeah. like that. Uh, I may <laughs> call you out on that one day. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what number did you play in tennis? Uh, I was, let's see, second doubles and first and second singles. Nice. Right. And I was MP. Uh, MP MVP. Most, yeah, there we go. All right. Yeah, for one year, one season, whatever. That was your so. safe zone, the tennis court, right? No matter I, what else was going on. Well, the tennis and my dancing were my lifesavers. Yep. To be honest. Really. I mean, mm-hmm. Yeah, I've been dancing and teaching for over twenty years. Started when I was three or four, and and I'm kind of thankful that my parents were, you know, pushed me in that direction, and just kind of those are my saving graces. Whenever, especially in college, when I transferred from New York to Pennsylvania, 
Um, I had nothing. <laughs> it's not like I had family out there, so I was really on my own. I was a huge transition. And dancing and tennis were my only lifesavers because it kept me. Did you have a victory life. dance after your tennis matches right on the court? Taunt the opponent? Like, I was bad. <laughs> I, I did the – this is so sad, but – Back in the day with, like, with Andre Agassi. Oh, and you know yeah. how all then they were, like, cursing? I mean, there was hardly any women. Like, the, thank God for, like, Serena and all those lovely ladies that were like, woo. But it didn't have a lot of them back then. So we had to look up for the guys. And it was Mansport. <laughs> and, you know, McEnroe. I mean, all of them. Yeah. So I, I was the one yelling fudge sickles. Seriously, because they would get... People were like, stop cursing. Yeah. So I was like, fudge cookies, you know? So, <laughs> and, like, my partner was just like, what? <laughs> I'm like, well, I can't curse. So I don't know what to say, you know? Oh, man, I had such a temper, and there's times where I threw my racket. So. <laughs> were you a good doubles partner with all these profiles that you have in disc and bossy was, as six years old? I and was. I learned to make sure that, hey, hey, you know, get your, get your ball. It's on your side. Get it, you know, so... I was more of the director as far as like, okay, yours. All right, that's mine. <laughs> you know? God, that's, that's annoying as hell. I know it's mine because you're at the net and I'm back here. You couldn't get to it. I get it. It's mine, right? It's like the second baseman yelling at the center fielder who's on the warning track. Yours. yours. <laughs> yep. I, I got it. I'm I got here. it. Yeah. <laughs> that's so funny. The other fun The other fun I've had with you in the, the time we've got to know each other is, the first time you and I were going to do a one-to-one, I couldn't find you anywhere because I'm typing in <laughs> Sherry Everett or Big Manus. I can't remember which one I started with. I'm like, there's nothing on this woman. What's going on? And then I learned you lead a double life. I know. You he go by McManus or because yeah. you're McManus on LinkedIn and Everett on Facebook. Yeah. And it took me a while to figure that out. I'm like, yeah. who's this Sherry McManus woman? You haven't changed your name, <laughs> right? No. It's, yes. See, we're technically we're Everett McManus. Yeah. Uh-huh. We're technically Everett McManus. Okay. Uh, with that. And because then when, when my husband, my husband and I, we've been together for 14, uh, 15 years, married 14 years. And at the time I was thinking like, well, I, it's just my sister and I, we don't have any legacy from my dad for the McManus. And my sister's a doctor. She doesn't have any kids. It's her and her husband. Um, she stayed in the professional lane, kept her maiden name. And then in public, she would use her married name with it. So I kind of, Weirdly enough, I kind of fell in that trap, too, a little bit. And and it was just like, well, I'd rather have the Everett McManus, really. <laughs> and my husband, he, I have, you know, he's been married before. He has two children, and they already carry on his name. Mm-hmm. So it was just kind of like, honey, you can do whatever you want. I, I don't care. I have my children, and we're good. And I've been with them since they were 6 and 8, and now they're 20, 30, and 20. Ooh, so how good of a stepmom are you? I think I was okay, you know. <laughs> I love the term yeah. bonus mom. Yes. Yeah, bonus mom. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but all the good yeah. movies are made about the stepmom. Never is like a nasty. good bad movie made about a bonus mom. <laughs> yeah, that's, true. that's Carol Brady, the bonus yeah. mom, yeah, right? Yeah, bonus like, mom. Like, no, no, no. We want, we want to hear. This. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. But going back to your leadership, though, hotel yeah. work. Yeah. Network Solutions. I like how you wrote down you were you were an award winning sales and solutions expert. Yeah, that was that was an awesome place. And talk about people centric. That was an awesome place. Do you know when you're around a group? Are you around a group of people from one company long enough to start picking up on stuff? 
Yeah, I was with the state. I was a state employee for or, seven yeah, it, years. You know, I asked that question wrong. As a trainer. Oh, as a now trainer. Now with you and Lou, when you go into these groups and you talk to them about leadership and everything, mm-hmm. do you have time to pick up on, oh, I get it now. <laughs> as, as far as a personality? Just or? if you sense that, okay, now I know why we're here. Because there's oh, zero leadership going on. And yes. He's a pain in the ass. That's why the employees mm-hmm. don't talk to him. So yeah. it doesn't take you long? No, it doesn't take you long. Nice. No, we, we can sniff it out. Yeah. <laughs> oh, there's you know. a good book way to be written. Know, right? No names. <laughs> What's the commonality of the groups you go in to help? Really, they have to be people-centric. If they're not people-centric, then they're not going to be open to the ideas of communicating to their team to make it even better than what they have. That's the thing. So as long as they're people-centric, be like, okay, we know we have issues. We know we have some problems going on. I want them, my team to be more productive. How do I get that happen? Why is Bobby and Sue not talking? You know, why are they not communicating correctly? Well, have you done assessment on yourself? <laughs> you know, yep. uh, are you are you growing as a leader? Yeah. You know, you know, and that's that's the questions. You know, it's it's not us telling them what to do. It's asking the right questions because the really the answers are in all of us. Oh yeah. And so. a lot of the bosses are like, no, I'm the same with everybody. Yeah. I well, think you that, just answered my question. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, well, that's not good. You know, just yeah. because, you know, just because you, everybody has their language mm-hmm. and people have to, you have to be aware of it. And people aren't. People are like, well, I am who I am. I'm like, no, yeah, I'm no. like, you, you can, you can change. It's okay. And we talked about <laughs> this when Sarah Madras was here. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah same type of thing. And, and mm-hmm. I've known this having managed for a little while that we all, it, and it took me a while to learn that because yeah. there was those like, here, Mike, you're managing a hundred people now. I'm like, <laughs> right. One more time. Yeah. Um, we were not taught that everybody has a currency. Right. I had a couple of people that wanted the promotion mm-hmm. for the money. I had a couple of people just wanted the title. I'm director now. Everybody yeah. see me? Yeah, yeah. And then others just want to pat on the back or yep. in a meeting. Sherry, great job. Everyone. Yeah. Sherry worked eight, all weekend long yeah. while we were all home playing. She stayed here working. And it takes a while to figure that out. It does. And with your team and all the, even just the realtors you work with, not really work with, but just involved at Hunter Row, it's the same thing. just learning everybody. Mm-hmm. Oh. And how to, I, yeah, yeah. How to connect. I yeah. can tell from a quick phone call whether or not I'm going to want to work with somebody. Mm-hmm. I can see that. It happened today. Like, I can tell by, you know, how they answer their phone and are mm-hmm. they well-spoken and are they, you know, asking me quite Like, it, there's little things that you can pick up on, and I'm like, okay, this person's going to be a good um, person that's going to work in a win-win situation mm-hmm. versus a win-lose situation. Because in real estate and in coaching, everything's win-win. Yes. And if you have a player that's trying to play for win-lose, that's when things get all screwball-y. Is that a technical term? Yep. It's in the dictionary. (laughs) You should trademark that because I believe that. (laughs) So believe that. A lot of times, though, what you and Lucy are communication issues. Mm -hmm. Yeah, communication, definitely. That's usually the number one with that but it's also the the leaders have to grow there's they you don't know what you don't know and that's where we can we can help to find out that to listen the more that you grow the more that your team is going to grow into that and that's why we have continuity plans because it's not just like a one and done situation 
And that's what some people fall short in some of these organizations that are like, oh, we want motivation and we want our team and yay, you know, and get all this training, right? It's like, yeah, it's not one and done. You have to keep nourishing that. You got to keep growing that. And I don't know too many companies offhand that have a continuity plan. They're sticking with a, or, uh, you know, a group or such as us and be like, I'm going to be with the Lou Everett group for a year. And every quarter, we're going to meet with the team, meet with the C-suite, meet with the middle management and, and have, you know, have masterminds, have trainings, have workshops, something that's going to have everybody learning and, and growing. Because you want to ask them, and most people don't want the truth. Yeah. They tell you they do. Yeah, can't yeah. handle it. It's like, oh, so you learned to drive a car in one day. Well, no. no you're right. Exactly. <laughs> Go with me on this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, come exactly. on, people. But it, well, even yeah. in business, and Trinity yeah. knows this, it's the follow-up. Mm-hmm. Same thing with her as mm-hmm. it is with you. It's mm-hmm. the follow-up. Yeah. yeah. Well, people have this, uh, there's a, there's some gaps. There's eight misconceptions of gaps on growth, right? And I just did a presentation this week for the um, a women's group. So it's, it's, it's funny that you bring this up, but people have this assumption gap. And I did too. I fell into this trap of we just assume that we're going to grow. We're just going to assume that we're just going to mm-hmm. be a leader or a manager in, in our roles. And, you know, when we have children or when you see kids grow up, they grow, right? They go stronger. They grow taller. They're just kind of carefree, and they go through life, and there's no challenges. They just kind of go right through. So we, we assume that that's going to continue on in our spiritual and mental state, too. And that's not true. We actually have to grow on purpose. So. Now, I think for the first time, we've got a cliffhanger. <laughs> dun dun dun. Because there's dun. seven more there are that we can get to on the more. next podcast. So hold that. We're going to talk more about that because you're right. We just yeah. assume, and you know. Yeah. And, but again, going back to Trinity all the time, like one of the questions we ask on, on our intake is, "Do you like to learn?" We literally ask people, mm-hmm. "Do you like to learn?" Right. And because you if find they out, don't, right. they are probably not going to be a good client fit yep. for us because we do um, push our clients to continuously learn. Right. Yeah, you have to. And they have, and it can be really uncomfortable, but they have to be comfortable with being uncomfortable. Right. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. And we do that, but yeah. we for a purpose, though. So. Well, that's where the whole comfort zone comes mm-hmm. in. So. Yeah. yeah. Which, yeah, everybody <laughs> wants to be in, but yeah. they're like, oh, no. I'm, yeah. yeah. Uh, anyways, where's the best place for people to find you? Oh, uh, just louevergroup.com. All right. There, and sherry at com. <laughs> no McManus anywhere, people. It's Everett it's all the way. with an I, yes. not a Y. Yes, yes. which helps. I know you've had your name spelled wrong <laughs> a thousand times. So I just keep going back to Itty, but that's another story. Itty. So where can they find us real quick yeah. before we get out of here? You know, you can find us here at the Purple Comma Studio every yes. Thursday. And if you want to be <laughs> a guest on our podcast, hit us up. Yeah. We always are looking for fun, interesting, and people that we can learn from. If you want to follow us on the interwebs, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter. Um, I almost said MySpace, but <laughs> oh, wow. that doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> yeah. But we're also on LinkedIn, Instagram, Pinterest, and, of course, you can always email us, info at wire2change.com with the number two. And we do respond to all emails and text messages. Yes, and if you want to be a guest on our show, email us first. Don't show up. We're not hip on that. So <laughs> Plus, we have security. You couldn't get in the front door anyways. Uh, thank you, Sherry. We enjoyed it very much, and we look forward to talking a little bit more on the next show. And we'll see everybody next time on our Wired to Change podcast.